You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. You throw down $5 on an NFL game for new customers only. And guess what? If you uh, if your team wins, you get $200 in free plays. Make it happen. All right. Now, joined by a man who I think you can easily make the case is the best pound-for-pound football player in U of A uh, school history, Mr. Brandon Sanders. Hello, Coach. How you doing? Hey, thank you, man. What an intro. Appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Well, to give you an idea just about for, and it's funny, I'm dating myself like I'm like 70, but I was talking with uh, Anthony Gimino, who covered you, obviously, throughout the Desert Swarm years. And this is probably about six, seven years ago. And we're talking about, you know, his all-time secondary team. And he, I asked him, I was like, so what is it? And he said, well, there's three that are non-negotiable. He said, your safeties are already taken care of. He said, you got Chuck Cecil, you got Brandon Sanders. And then he said, then you got Chris McAllister on one side and you can go with a couple other people. So it was just crazy just to think about, he's like, the safeties, you don't even debate. And that's who we got on right here. Man, that's awesome. Um, humbling, humbling. Anthony knows how much I respect him and, um, Gosh, man, that's humbling when you talk about a lot of the safeties and and just DBs in general um, that played here at the University of Arizona. Um, you know, I was fortunate in in a great secondary with Tony Bowie, of course. Uh, you know, Chuck, uh, sorry, Chuck Cecil, Jeff Hammersmith, and Alan Durden all came from the same high school, Helix High School, with um, that I'm from. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a, a blessing, actually, really blessing. We're going to get to we're going to get back, especially going down memory lane, you know, coming going back to, you know, Helix High. But first and foremost, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your role right now at the U of A. Uh, Give you a little bit of a um, a little bit of a refresher. Uh, We had uh, Kean Burnett and his father, uh, Chester, on who I know, you know, and he he said that, you know, over the last year. He said, Arizona football has become what I was really hoping it would become again. He said, where it's become that family. He credited a lot of that to you, to Jed Fish. How, what is your position and how did this all come about, Brandon? Um, You know, I think, I think it was almost a year ago um, that when Coach Fish got hired, um, there was some, some opportunities with he and I talking uh, through text messaging and then, and then we met. Um, shoot, it might have even been a year to the day. Actually, I came right. here and, and we sat and we talked. And I think we met for about uh, at least an hour and we just talked shop. We didn't, you know, he didn't talk about position or anything else. We kind of just talked football. We talked Arizona. We talked family. And um, the more we kind of got into, you know, there may be an opportunity. He may have something for me. Um, it, it just it just kind of blooms. I'm the alumni and high school relations um, coordinator. Right. Um, I think Coach Fish coming from 
when he started at Florida, I think Coach Spurrier had something similar or, or, or you know, a lot of bringing a lot of alumni back. And that's one thing when you look, um, not just not just our university, there was a disconnect, um, not just us. But I talked to my guys at, at Oregon and, and, and S, well, not so much SC, but UCLA and stuff like that. And they felt kind of like there, there needed to be some kind of link to get them back into the program. It's one thing to, that guys come back and you see them. It's another thing to be involved with the program, to want to help. And um, I think that's what our biggest thing is just giving out information, making sure guys are aware of our program and making sure they have a voice. And, uh, you know, Coach Fish is constantly talking to me, hey, what did alumni think? What do they what what do they think? What what's the rumblings you get and what are you hearing? Especially, you know, just as the season went through. And that's big. Some some coaches don't really care about that. They just, hey, this is the job, this is what we're trying to do. Coach Fish is here trying to make sure everybody understands that we're part of the community, he's part of the community, and we're part of his family. Okay, so what was your first move? So Brandon Sanders takes the job. So you've got the you've got a little bit of a recruiting outreach angle. You've got an alumni angle. What is when you sat down that first day where you're like, all right, what am I doing first? <laughs> Honestly, because um, our department wasn't all the way here. You know, um, our high school recruiting coordinator hadn't got here yet. Our player personnel, who's actually over me, hadn't got here yet. Um, it was really just reaching out to a lot of our high schools in the state of Arizona. It's definitely down here in Tucson since I, you know, since I was a head coach and athletic director um, here, um, and also was a, 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 you know, coached in junior college out here as well. Um, just reaching out, speaking to coaches, letting them know we're here, and letting them know that we care about the the, the players in the state of Arizona. So it was that initial outreach, and then getting familiar with uh with college college football getting familiar with um you know uh compliance and understanding what I can and can't do and who I can and can't talk to right. um and and just and just navigating that way until um Matt Doherty got here and then once he got here we kind of sat down and we just laid down a little bit of a plan as far as what I can do um with recruiting Coach Fish and, and Matt Hayes, our uh, director of uh, football operations, sorry, not operations, director of football, um, put something together. And we started really reaching out to our our uh, our U of A alumni and start putting what's kept, what we call um, we call it the huddle. We put, you know, where we're monthly meeting with our guys. We introduce our, our staff to them let coach fish talk to them or, you know, Dave, he could talk to them. And, and then we just start going through, you know, state of the program and, and what our direction is from a standpoint of what we're trying to get done. How would you say that? And it's funny, I was going back and I was looking at it because, you know, obviously Arizona has brought in five-star type kids before in the past, you know, like when you look at, I mean, you can just look at a guy like a, you know, Michael Bates. Now, granted he, you know, went off and, you know, became a sprinter, played in the NFL, but that's the equivalent of a five-star guy. You would have, you know, when you're a first team parade, all American, I mean, heck Mario going to ASU. Um, what, how is recruiting different though now? Because I, I don't need you to get into specifics, but Arizona just get lands a big five-star recruit. How does that, how is it different now just from recruiting to how it is now or, you know, back in the day when you were being recruited? Jeez, it's 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 entirely different and it's changed even though even the year that I'm here with, with the talking of uh, NIL and everything else um, really coming over this past year. I think a lot of it is popularity. A lot of it is, um, you know, when you look at uh, and some of it is the same when you talk about, excuse me, when you talk about um, 
development of, of players, development of, of young student athletes, because everybody wants to have everybody has a dream and wants to go to the next level. Right. Everybody right. wants to get to the NFL or, or, or in that same aspect, have an avenue to get to the NFL. And so it's it's showing a lot of young men, um, you know, how they fit what you're trying to do with your culture, how they you know, I think. Um, and then showing them how you can develop them from when they come in to when they leave. A lot of these young um, student athletes in high school and junior college, um, they are aware. They're very much aware. I don't think I was a, as as much in tune with as everything going on around the nation because they play seven on seven because they know a lot. You know, they get on, you know, two, four, seven or, 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 you know, max prep or anything else. So they know who's rated in their same class. They know who's rated in their same position and where they're going and what they're trying to do. And, and, and they're just a lot more aware. So um, in that aspect is different. I think now you have the portal transfer portal and everything else. When you look at that and see how people are um, trying to navigate those things. So some of it's popularity, some of it's money, some of it is what can you do to help me develop? So I I can just, you know, what can I make for my future? And then a lot of them. Um, and then it comes to school and environment and everything else. All right. Now let's talk about Brandon Sanders' personal football odyssey then. So you're originally from Southeast San Diego. Um, and then so, and you you and the you and uh, Carrie and Gary were always kind of synonymous at the U of A together. Obviously that San Diego connection. They yeah. went to Morse, you went to Helix. Was that, you know, did you guys talk about, you know, playing together in college was that something that you know you bonded once you got to college what was that what was that like um for us we bonded once once we once they got to college um we always knew of each other i watched right. them play um of course morris at that time i think when when i left they were fourth in the nation right um as far as one of the you know so i think we just all kind of knew each other but when they got here for um when we recruited when we were recruiting well then i pushed i pushed hard to make sure they were here um rashid johnson a corner for us ended up coming from san francisco jc he came out of lincoln high school in san diego and so we just we just started getting our own little little group and between us and our guys from la um, we just really, you know, we really bonded because we all came through a kind of the same kind of uh, concept. You know, California ghetto hoses are kind of almost all the same, a little different in Northern California, but it's all the same. And so it's easier to talk to a lot of guys. And then you come out in Arizona from guys from Phoenix and guys down here in Tucson. I think we all kind of just um, under Coach Tommy with the with the, the bridge of family. He was, you know, the biggest thing is you don't have to like everybody or I shouldn't say. You don't have to double date with everybody, but you do have to like everybody, right? Right. So, so that's kind of how we got it. So you're kind of the epitome of the Tommy, the the Tommy recruit made good. Now, because you look at it and you look at you know the Desert Swarm teams, you know Rob Waldrop, not a huge level recruit. I mean, again, a good but a regional, a regional type guy. You know, a Teddy Bruski, much the same way. You're a tell tell us about then. You're getting recruited. You're coming out of Helix and. You're probably what five eight, what one seventy, one sixty five at the time. How much did you weigh? I'm a five five ten ish, okay. <laughs> five ten ish, and probably about one hundred and sixty eight pounds, one hundred seventy pounds. All right. So, what is Dick Tomey walks into your living room, or is recruiting you? What is his message to Brandon Sanders? What does he think about his your game? What does he think about you going forward? 
Um, well, you know, he already they had already got me because I always talk. Jeff Hammersmith was already playing here. I'm mm -hmm. Jeff Hammersmith's first uh, recruit. Let, let okay. everybody understand that because he saw me as a sophomore. Um, and he just said, hey, you're coming to Arizona. I didn't know where Arizona was. He hadn't even thought about college. He's like, you're coming to Arizona. You're going to be the next great uh, uh, safety coming out of Helix to, right. to Arizona. I was like, okay. Um, for me, it was a little bit different um, because, um, you know, I think the story behind my recruiting is a little bit – there's some misconceptions. Everybody's That's why like, we got you on. <laughs> well, everybody says, you know, I was an under-recruited uh, high school player. Mm -hmm. As a safety – I would say, yes, I didn't have as many offers as a safety. I had a bunch of offers to be a corner. So a lot of my, my offers, because I was only 5'10", because I was only 170 pounds, a lot of those offers, you know, I had offers to Colorado at some, UCLA, Oregon, every, you know, you name it on the West Coast, I pretty much had an offer too. But they all were specific to you're going to play corner. If you're trying to come in and play safety, um, there is no offer. So when I got to Arizona, there was a handful of guys that that were willing to let me play wherever I wanted to, or at least give me the opportunity. I talked to Coach Akina, who's at Stanford right now, uh, one of the great, great, you know, defensive back coaches uh, of all time. Right. right um, and and he, you know, he watched film when I got up here and he said, OK, what do you want to do? You know, I know people are recruiting you as a corner safety. Uh, we're, we're doing both safety corner. What do you want? And I told him, I just want an opportunity to play safety. If it doesn't work, I get it. I understand I'm small. I understand people don't – I'm a hitter. I said, I just want an opportunity. And Coach Akina said, you know, me and Coach Tommy have talked. We believe that's what, what we want to recruit you as. And if it doesn't work, we can always make you move, move, move you to the corner. But we want to start you here. And that was like uh, Christmas bells to me. Right. Once that came, I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm here. I'm done. And it's funny, um, a lot of other schools stopped recruiting me before I even took my trip out here. Like uh, Oregon, I talked to their coaching staff when they, because a lot of their coaching staff end up going to St. Louis, the Rams with uh, Coach mm -hmm. Brooks. And I was like, hey, you guys recruit me. I didn't even get a trip. What happened? And they're like, everybody heard you were going to Arizona, man. We, we didn't have time to waste. We couldn't, we couldn't mess around. I, said, I just said, oh, that's funny. So they had already, everybody kind of already knew I was kind of coming to Arizona. It was, it wasn't a foregone conclusion, but it was pretty close. Now you're, uh, you're, um, once you get to the U of A and we'll get to the desert swarm there in just a second. And we got some highlights that we're going to be throwing from, uh, throwing out here as well. But a story that Anthony also told me as well, probably about 10 years ago that he said, then he said a lot of people don't know about, you're, you guys are playing the University of Miami, and field goal kicker turns out to be maybe the best kicker in school history. Down the road, misses a kick to win the, or misses a kick, wins the game. Everybody's in the locker room, and again, you didn't put this out there. Another person put this out there, so you're not uh, you're not flossing this at all. But just go ahead, tell us what happened there, because if you don't, I'm going to tell what I heard. So go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, it. it what happened was, so we lost the game at Miami, 50 some odd win streak. We, you know, um, and of course we're down and everybody's upset. And, you know, we could have won, could have won the game if we just make that kick. Right. And so um, we're in the shower and I'm in the shower at least. And, and I hear and Steve might say it a little different, but I know for sure what I heard. And mm -hmm. so I look and he's, he's basically in a corner in the shower by himself and he's crying and it, you know, because he missed and guys are just walking past him. And, you know, some guys are, of course, upset, you know, it's kicker fault and everything else. And, you know, I understand I was only about maybe at that time 173 pounds because I'd only been here for a year. 
Um, but I kind of got upset and I was like, you know, look, it's everybody needs to come in here. We got a man down and everybody needs to come in and you need to touch our kicker up. And I don't care if you feel like, you know, he was the reason we lost or whatever. It's like you're going to you're going to touch him up. You're going to tell him you love him. And we're going to go through this as a, as a team because it's not it's not just one guy. It's all of us. And I need everybody to do it. And some guys probably didn't want to. But again, I had twins with me and everything else. And, and they kind of know when I'm when I'm gun ho about something like it will fight. We'll fight in this, this locker room. If that's the case, right. if you don't want to do it, it's going to be. You know, we'll be it'd be some what do you call it? It'd be some furniture moving. Right. It'd be right. some furniture moving. And I think all the coaches were shocked because I like I'm standing with just a towel on 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 like a little steppers or or or, or, mm-hmm. or something. I'll stand on something and I'm just yelling at everybody, you need to get in here right now. You need to do this right. And so um and we did. And and then I said, and that's when I, I think coach one of Coach Tommy's coach, I said, Man, you know, after this, we can beat anyone. Not, 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 you know, there's, there's no one I don't think we can beat. And I still remember saying to uh, when we broke, because we always break to say, you know, beat the next team, which who was the Bruins. And I still remember saying, man, I feel sorry for UCLA. Well, I feel sorry for UCLA. That's what I remember most. Let, well, let's talk about a team then about three years later that you were going to feel sorry for. Well, you probably didn't, but that same Miami team then. Arizona, this is this is the apex win of Arizona football. You can argue 94, 98. Um, I'm sure you'll take 94 on that one. Um, but uh, the win of the U of A program is that beatdown of the Miami Hurricanes in that Fiesta Bowl, 29-0. This is kind of the apex of the Desert Swarm era. What are your emotions going into that game? And did you guys know, and be honest, did you guys know uh, – you know, the butt kicking that you were about to dispense to the Miami Hurricanes? I don't know if we thought 29 nothing, but I knew we were going to beat them. I knew we were going to beat them pretty handily. And uh, I still remember telling my brother, I was like, we're we're throwing the football out in front of the house uh, in December. And I was like, man, we're going to kill Miami. And, you know, we're he and I were both big Miami fans from the 80s. Yeah. And he's like, no way, man, you're not going to kill them. I said, look, we've seen them for two years now. And right. I, they barely scored the, the the eight points that they got that they beat us the year before. They barely got that. I don't see how they're going to score. And our offense is better. They're better now. You know, aside from aside from us having one uh, half of a hiccup, I said our offense is going to. I don't know how well they'll do, but they'll do good enough, and they're not going to be able to score. And um, and then as the game kind of played out, um, you, you just knew when I heard they were playing a a, a, a freshman center. Over Rob Waldrop, I was like, yeah. "That's that's gonna that's gonna be bad. That's gonna be horrible for them." And then and then here comes Teddy and everybody else. It's, there's no way. And, and then they lost a lot of their their offensive firepower. So you know, Gino Toretta's gone. Uh, you know, of course, Copeland's gone. Uh, mm-hmm. all, all those guys are are not here. And I'm like, they're, they're gonna have trouble scoring. And then I don't care how how great their defense is. Yeah, Warren Sapp. Yeah, Young. Uh, you know. Um, Who's my Ray guy? Lewis Ray, Lewis. A, Ray Lewis was a youngster at that point. Young yeah. Ray Lewis and all those guys. Well, Sap wasn't. He was about. He's same age as me, but Ray was still yeah. young. But you know, they had some guys, and I was like, that. That's not going to be enough. That's not going to be enough. Chuck Levy's still, still running. Chuck Levy's still running right now to this day. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so now Brandon, like we talked about, I want to get to some of these hits right here because Brandon Sanders played in an era where you were allowed to hit guys. 
here, take us. We're going to throw some of these and then just kind of take us through some well, of your that memories. Hit right there. I don't, that hit right there is the head coach of that. That's the head coach of Stanford right now. That's David Shaw. <laughs> David Shaw right there. Does he, uh, wow. And, and that's he the one. That hit. Does he remember that? And then, so when you're, did you just have an instinct to be able to go for these hits? Because a lot of it, like, look at, look at this one right here. You didn't even budge on the quarterback right there. You knew he wasn't giving that up. Was that just all football instinct? Um, some instinct and some, uh, you know, um, definitely I had a lot of instinct, but there's there's something as far as um, staying within the structure of what our defense is. And so what our defense is and what what we're, what we try to do. So, you you know, what they always call in basketball hero ball and stuff like that. Right. I think when you understand defenses like, you know, um, I was kind of a heady guy. But then not only that, understanding where you need to be in, in, in certain situations, then, yes, um, I had a knack for hitting. And then I just had a good knack for um and then this here, this I was I was nervous I was gonna miss that shot. I right had, now I had just to give everybody understand, I was here in Tucson a week before this game. I was here for eight weeks on a couch. They called me on a Tuesday and I started that Sunday. And that was the first hit a minute and fifty seconds into the game. Take us through this oh. Illinois one right here, because you had a couple ones in this game right here. Yeah, that guy, he took one step and knocked him out. Boom. Right. He's out the game. People say, man, hey, look, here's the deal. You come across the middle back in the day, you used to have to pay. And that kid right there, that I can't remember his name, but four weeks later, that kid caught the winning touchdown against Michigan. He beat Michigan. That was the first time they beat Michigan in like a decade. I said, man, see, if you knock him out the game, you don't have to worry about him catching the ball to win. And wasn't this the Illinois team that had uh, Kevin Hardy and Simeon Rice, if I'm not mistaken? Mm -hmm. Yep, they had both those guys. So their defense was very good. And this, uh, there's my my guy, Jim Hoffman. Jim Hoffman. Yep. I told Hoffman I owed him um, because he tipped the ball the year before I I took back for a touchdown at Cal. And I told him I, I, I I just gave him, you know, I owed him one, so I gave it to him back. Cause that I, I everybody thinks I hit that kid hard, the quarterback. I hit him hard, but I literally jumped into ripping the ball out. I mm-hmm. ran, I went to hit and rip the ball out as much as I did hit him. And so, yeah, I didn't get a flag. There is no flag on that. The other, the other one on the receiver, they called it a flag. They said I hit him too hard. Is what the now, let's talk. Now you got a couple ASU hits right here. The one that we just played right there. But uh, there was one that you, yeah, there was one that you had with Felipe Sparks that we don't have on here, where you essentially stood him up, and I think you ended up playing with Felipe Sparks in the pro, if I'm not mistaken. I have, to, I don't remember once when I stood him up, but no, it probably wasn't because um, I didn't play his last year, but it was probably somebody like that. I can't think of which one mm-hmm. it is. Maybe it might have been somebody um, else then. But but Felipe, um, definitely one of the best guys I could play with if I could ever say something good about a a scum devil um it would be him because he kind of looked out for me as we're roommates in in um in camp um and it's funny when you when you talk about that because he remembers uh plays that I I mean I did stand one of their receivers up and almost like break his Mm -hmm. back and we're in a, we're in a, we're in a room one night just talking he's like man you hit one of our receivers one year that was the story that's right and he was like Brand, I thought you killed him. <laughs> right. And he was already in New York at that time. And I said, man, you remember that? Because it was it had to be at least four years. It was like my freshman year. And uh, you know, it, it's funny when you talk about our 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 uh our game and everything else. Um, because when I look at it, 
it's like Philippe would get off, he'd get off the phone. I mean, he'd get on the phone and he'd call and it'd be Jordan Sparks. Yeah, the Jordan Sparks yeah. singer and everything else. She was only a kid at the time and he, you know, she just have her sing on, on the phone and stuff like that. And um, and to see her grow up and be what she is now, it's just it's like some amazing things. Puts age on me, of course. But um, but you know, that's that's kind of how I feel when I when I used to see guys like a uh you know, one of my idols is uh, Marcus Allen from San Diego. Mm-hmm. And when I first got to Kansas City, hit my locker was right next to him. And when he retired, like the year later, I was in New York. I happened to be going back and he was doing an interview for Fox or somebody. And he was telling me he was retiring. I was like, I was like, Marcus, man, why? He's like, what year is this for you? I said, well, it'd be my second. He's like, well, this is I'm over 20 right now. I said, oh. <laughs> there you go. Well- I get it. <laughs> Speaking of which, and you and I talked about this a little bit offline, but uh, before we let you go, um, Bill Walsh, again, they, uh, a lot of people, you know, obviously Bill Belichick's probably taken that rantle, but for the longest time, Bill Walsh was considered by many people to be the GOAT, best coach in NFL history. And he always said that Brandon Sanders, and this was his exact quote in the Arizona Daily Star, he said, Brandon Sanders is pound for pound the best player in the conference. Two things. Did you um, – when did you find out about that quote? Second of all, have you told Jed Fish about this quote? <laughs> I don't know if I told Coach Fish about you that. You should. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we talk about so many different things. It's amazing between me and Coach Fish. Um, but I, I, I think they – Coach uh, McDuff, our defense coordinator, played that for me uh, the – the following day after it, he played it. His funny is he played the he played the actual recording of him saying it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I want you to hear this. And I'm just like, okay, wow. That that's that's Bill Walsh, the genius, right? Yeah. And um, you talk about a young guy being humble, because again, Bill from Walsh. San Diego is Bill Walsh. I watched the 49ers in the 80s. Um, you know big fan of, of Ronnie Lott and, and just everything. And to hear Bill Walsh speak about me that way. Um, I mean, it was just, you talk about a humbling experience. Um, it made me, it, you know, and, and me being the guy I am, I said, man, okay, he's trying to butter me up, man. I got to make sure I go out there and kill him now. I want to put out two or three guys now. <laughs> right. For sure. <laughs> but, um, but it, it, you know, um, I think when I look at my career, um, whether it's in NFL, um, the, the the years in the NFL, and then definitely here, um, and even in high school, um, not so much on the accolades because I got some, not probably not all I think I deserve, right? Um, but the respect from coaches, from players that I played against, um, has been has been huge. It's funny when I went, when I'm in a, a Pac-12 alumni council, and you know I shake uh, like I, I saw uh, Mike Bellotti. Right. And I shake his hand. He's like, yeah, I remember safety, Arizona. Yeah, you're a <laughs> hell of a player. And and just seeing guys and, um, you know, even Coach Nansen when he got here and I didn't I wasn't here when he first got here. And then he, we met. I mean, we finally met face to face. And he's like, man, this guy right here, he's telling he's telling he's telling our staff stories of me. Right. Um, playing. Um, that's really been, I think, the biggest, you know, um, star between what coach coach Walsh says of course the the words of coach Tommy and and even even in high school um those things right there resonate I think a little bit more than anything else because I I always wanted to be a team guy I never worried about my stats and even though I had some good stats 
all I wanted to do was make sure I was a great teammate. And that was the biggest thing. All right, Brandon, can we get a back the A from you before we bounce? Oh, what? Back the A? Back the A. We're going to get that. We're getting that motto going right there, man. Put, I put love it, it in. Yeah, put it in right there. You know, Brandon Sanders, the boisterous, you know, one of the captains of the Desert Swarm, back that A. Yeah, definitely. You know, you can get that from me anytime. This is Brandon Sanders, University of Arizona Wildcat Desert Swarm, back the A. <laughs> My man, like I said, it's not um, – it's not often you get to, you know, you get to interview somebody that, uh, like I said, growing up, you and Chris McAllister were my two favorite players. So, again, it's um, it's been a privilege, my man, and we'd love to have you back on again soon. Thank you. Anytime I can be on, let me know. I'm always here. Um, and our, our staff, uh, Coach, like I said, Coach Fish gives me a lot of um, gives me a lot of freedom. This job is um, right. It, it there's there. I told him, you know, he had what he wrote down what I would do. And then there's the actual job, which is right. not it's like, here's what was written down. And then here's everything that I'm doing, which I love because I'm all over the place. It's a great it's a great avenue. Great thing. Okay. Brandon, we'll have me. you. We'll have you on again soon, my man. I appreciate you, bro. Hey, happy new year. Happy holiday. OK, we'll talk to you soon. That's Brandon Sanders. And again, that was awesome. You know, I generally don't say this, but I don't want to forget, Jacob, that 28-minute mark right there. We should definitely get that because that was fantastic. Um, the Listen, um, and we're going to get, obviously, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. You throw down $5 for a new customer on an NFL game, and guess what? You get $200 in free plays if that team you bet on wins. Here's the idea. Go on there, bet on a team that you think is going to win, and you can pretty much take it from there. Eligibility restrictions do apply. 21 and up, Arizona only. If you got a gambling issue, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you all taken care of. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Got a lot of sports going on right now. You got the NFL, you got the NBA, you've got college, uh, you got college athletics. This is the time to be part of the uh, PHNX family. And this is also the time to get a membership there. Go to go PHNX because here's the deal. If you get a membership, you get one of those really cool back the A t-shirts that we just threw out there. These things are going, they're going fast. And you know what? It's becoming a way of life. I've got one. My parents ordered one already. I know a few friends. I even know a competitor that got one. Again, this is where you want to go. Get your membership, go PHNX, and you can back the A with a free t-shirt. You know, it it said a lot that you really don't work a day in your life if you like what you're doing. And you know, being this is this is always what I've wanted to do in my life is being able to forge connections with people and be able to interview someone like Brandon Sanders. And he was a little modest, but if you live the desert swarm era, this was, you got guys like Teddy Bruschi, you got guys like Rob Waldrop, Chuck Levy became a, a high draft pick for the San Francisco 49ers. But Brandon Sanders was that guy. Brandon Sanders was the one who, about, you know, he said 5'10", 170, that people just feared going across the middle. And it just didn't make a lot of sense at the time because, again, I'm, you know, I'm in middle school or, shoot, I might not have even been that old. But my biggest thing is I love to look at the media guides when my parents would take me to the games. And you would always hear Brandon Sanders' name mentioned. And generally when you're looking at guys, I mean, you're looking at, you know, Rob Waldrop when his name's mentioned, 6'1", 270 or whatever. And I would always look at Brandon Sanders and always think that it was a misprint. 
that, you know, at five, because uh, I don't think he was listed at 510. I could be wrong, but I don't think he was listed at 510. And this dude is blowing up every single play, whether against good level Pac 12 teams, whether against national entities. And he goes on to play in the NFL to absolutely nobody's surprise here, except, you know, maybe some of the people that would look at it just from a, a, a measurement perspective. But that's what we try to do here on the AZ Wildcats podcast. We try to bring you the best guys that we can. We try to bring you the most informative people out there. This is the this is the time that you want to hop in there, get on to go AZ or excuse me to, to AZ Wildcats podcast. And we got a lot more interviews coming up here over the next week. We're hopeful to have a U of A basketball player coming up here shortly. And um, you know what? We're also efforting to get a couple coaches on. Um, before we sign off, though, I want to give Jed Fish a lot of credit, though, because it it shouldn't be something that's difficult. But some coach, for whatever reason, coaches since Dick Tomey haven't been able to do that. And that's bring back in alumni. And it's for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, you want your best players, you want your ex-players to be involved in the program. And, oh, by the way, a lot of these guys have pretty good bloodlines. So we had Kean Burnett on, ex-USC commit, who's going to be here next year. His father, Chester, played with Brandon Sanders, played with our guy, Kelvin Efon. And he said, I love my time at Arizona, but I never really heard from them. And it was always kind of a, a, bu- a bummer. I wasn't going to send my kid there. Jed Fish takes over. He listens to the community. He understands what he needs to do. He brings in guys like Brandon Sanders. And Brandon, I thought, did a great job of putting out there what exactly his uh, his job is. And again, that's kudos to Jed Fish for finding the kind of people out there that can do that. Now, one thing that you don't ever have to worry about, too, is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. $5 down on an NFL game. And you know what? If your team, uh, the team that you bet on wins, you get $200 in free plays. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint here. If you get that $200 in free plays, if ASU basketball decides to ever play again, you're going to want to bet against ASU basketball. They stink. They're not good. My guy, Jacob Franklin, in the background right there, who Jacob I adore, by the way, because I wouldn't be able to do any of this without Jacob. He is the man behind the scenes. And bet against ASU. That's the deal. Get that $200 from the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and you just you make that one happen, and um, we will. Uh, you'll thank me later. But Arizona will play ASU at some point, so you're going to want to have that money to be able to throw out there. But, uh, again, can't thank Brandon Sanders enough. Can't thank the U of A football department enough, the U of A basketball department. Everybody out there has been fantastic. Baseball, softball, everybody. We've got some surprises coming on this week. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully a basketball player coming up here shortly. But uh, for Jacob Franklin and uh, my anti-ASU bets, DraftKings Sportsbook app. And, again, check out uh, PHNX Locker. You get a, they got all kinds of good stuff right there. You can get a decal for $4.99. You can get shirts for $29.99. Or, like I said, get that membership and you get one of those free Back the A shirts that you can rock with pride. For uh, Brandon Sanders, Jacob behind the, uh, behind the scenes, I'm Mike Luke. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.